Welcome to another episode of the Fifth Quarter Conversations Beyond the X's and O's with Layson Perkins and Jeff Osterman. Uh, recently, we talked about a, a new kind of format that we're doing called the crossover, where we talk to former coaches who are now going into business and kind of you know check with them and, and kind of learn their experiences as both entrepreneurs, as business owners, and then how they've taken their skills and their learning from coaching into that new arena. So joining us tonight is Mitch Ford. Uh, Mitch has worked at both the uh, collegiate and professional level, now entering the the business world, and uh, looking forward to just chopping it up with him and just kind of learning about what what he's doing, what he's done, and get some insight and some um, maybe some some new things to think about. So, Mitch, thank you for for coming on board with us tonight. Uh, just kind of start us off with uh, you know where you're from, the basics, where you're from, where you've been, and um, and and let's just take it from there. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you guys having me on, first and foremost. Um, but yeah, originally I'm from Rochester, New York, uh, born and raised. I went to Division three school up there called Nazareth College. Uh, I played played basketball there for about four years, had a nice little career. Um, I was a marketing major, and I kind of said, you know, maybe I'll go into the, you know, the typical corporate world, use my degree. I was burned out from some injuries, and uh I ended up getting a job with the Charlotte Hornets and uh, kind of just started my journey in the basketball world. So, I mean, obviously just being around a lot of those guys, um, it was a year long contract. So right after that, I kind of ended up packing my bags in Charlotte and decided to go on the camp route. So I was packed all my belongings in my car and I was driving camp to camp, state to state. I'm sure you guys can relate to that. Um, you know, I did 13 camps. It was in like 12 weeks. I did a couple of weekend camps. It was nuts. Um, ended up, you know, obviously I was applying for jobs and whatnot during that time. Um, this is one of my favorite coaching stories. You get it early on. So, you know, I applied for a job with the Mavericks and, you know, I didn't really expect to hear it here much. And a couple of weeks goes by and I'm just kind of on my camp journey and I get a call at about 3 PM and I'm driving from, Charlotte to Chicago. And I'm in the southern part of Indiana somewhere. I have no idea. Illinois, I have no idea where I am. And I got a call and said, hey, can you do an interview in an hour? And of course, I'm like, yeah, I can do an interview in an hour. And they go, okay, business formal. We'll see you there. And I'm on the road, middle of nowhere. And it was like, okay, well, I got to go figure something out. And I immediately, I pulled over to a Starbucks. It was so loud. I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, I don't even know where my clothes are. Well, actually, I do know where my clothes are because the very first thing I packed was my suit in the bottom of my car. So I'm in a lot getting my suit out from the bottom of my car. Um, ended up finding a library that was closing in like two hours, and I ended up just kind of making it happen. Um, and eventually I ended up getting that offer. So I spent my time down in Dallas with the Mavericks as a player development intern, uh, just learning from some of the some of the greats. I mean, Rick Carlisle, obviously championship coach, and you got Donnie Nelson. You get some of those guys, the assistant coaches. You know, Jamal Mosley's over with the Magic now. Coach Silas is down with Houston, and you know, just a just a top notch organization from you know leadership, culture, everything. Um, and it was Luca's rookie year and Dirk's last year, so it was really really special year that I got to spend with them. Uh, you know, again, that was an internship. So after that, I went to summer league, kind of did that whole thing. It was, uh, you know, the networking events and <laughs> trying to just figure it out. Um, I ended up getting a position at university of Buffalo on the woman's side, 
um, as a video coordinator and then later on as a director of operations. And spent some time there. Um, like I said, I'm from Western New York, so it was home. It was comfortable. It was great. You know, Coach Jack is amazing, but decided, you know, I had an opportunity to do some kind of basketball consulting stuff um, more on the agency side and not necessarily that grind of just coaching and traveling and recruiting and doing all that. And I just decided to take that route. And it actually ended up, you know, me getting a little even further away, more into the business world um, to where I am now as a sportsypreneur. So what we are is we're a marketing agency. Um, I mean, we do everything from podcast producing podcasts to web design to really content marketing. And what we what we do is we just tell people stories. And that's that's really the bottom line is, you know, everybody has their their one thing that they do for work or their one hobby or whatever it is. But we just kind of help take that hobby and bring it to life. And we help young entrepreneurs or, you know, entrepreneurs in the sports world really just take that to the next level. So we work with a lot of people, um, ex coaches. We work with a lot of people who are, um, in the mental health world, whether it's for a, a team or not. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of the gist of, of what we do. So yeah, that's where I am today. Layson, he's being really, really humble. You know, he said he had a nice little <laughs> career. Nazareth college is a place where players have been. Here's my trivia. Layson can go first, and then I'll let Oh, Mitch I know. Go. I already know the answer. <laughs> I think I might know. It's a three-part question. In terms of basketball alumni, Layson, give me the top three basketball alumni from Nazareth College in Rochester, New York. Oh, I would say Van Gundy would have to be one of them. He was my gold. You've got silver and bronze left. Okay, man, I might be stumped. Okay, I'm stumped. Mitch, you're going to have to jump in now. Mitch, and this is only in Laysons in my world. It doesn't really matter. Do you have yeah, the other I mean, two? I mean, I would say John Beeline. John Beeline was the head coach in 1980 for one year before he was coach at And then in, you're in Laysons, bro. This is an interesting question. Um Man. I won't I won't make you wait two more because you may not know them, but Layson, the one I would have said would have been next was Jim Jaber, uh former women's coach at Providence and now Siena. Oh yeah. He, yeah, I know. He, okay. Yeah, for, a, oh my god. Yeah, that was yours. Yeah. And then That's here's a four-year letter winner, Layson, that I stumbled upon. Ross Comerford. That was I was about to say Ross. <laughs> So yep. those those are that was the trivia and Mitch made me laugh. Uh, side note: I'm interviewing for the head coach at North Florida, and uh, I don't know what happened. I was driving up, something happened. I had my suit, air conditioned, and I figured I'd just find somewhere to stop and get changed. I there's nowhere to stop. Got in traffic. Everything goes wrong. I go to a mall, I open up both doors to my car and get changed in the parking lot of the mall in Jacksonville, Florida, outside, yeah. and quickly try to get everything calmed down. And uh, And it ended up working out great. I got offered the job. I didn't take it, but it was it was a funny, funny story. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I was in this parking lot, and 
seriously, I wish I knew the name of it. I wish I kept track just so I could say it was the Southern Indiana whatever library. <laughs> and I was um, trunk up. Everything was out of my car on the ground. Like I literally was just like pulling all my stuff. And I ended up actually didn't have time to put everything back in my car. So I slid it under my car, like a couple things that I knew weren't that important. And I just said, I just need to get this on. I didn't have a tie. I had a button and my shirt was all wrinkled. And I was like this, the whole, whole meeting just like crossed up. So it was, uh, you know, it's one of those stories I like to like to tell. That's, no, that's you earned one. your stripes. That's a, I mean, when you said the camps, I used to do 12 weeks and I love it. And, and I don't know, Mitch, if people do those things. I know camps, people are getting away, but that's where you made connections, cut your teeth, and, and you just met people. You know, on your camp journeys, what, why did you do it? Um, you know, it kind of summarizes who I am. I'm kind of just a grinder. I, I'm kind of that person who just goes and figures it out. And I know that that's always an opportunity, whether it was a division three, two, one youth camp, whatever it was, there's people there in the basketball world that they might not be able to help. I mean, not that it's all about helping, it's helping me, but those people can be a resource, whether it's one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, who knows what that, that relationship could come. And, you know, I I was doing, uh, I worked at at hoop group that year. And I was helping out with some of the runners and they were kids that were playing in college. Well, right now they're out of college or young professionals. And if they're starting their own thing, they're people I've built relationships with for five years now. And it's like, maybe there is something, maybe they have, they're on my podcast someday. Like, I don't know what it's going to be, but you know, the relationships were built there. And then obviously, you know, just nurturing and finding new relationships with people who were head coaches and, you know, seeing if you can get the the jobs that way. So, and that's actually how, um, and I'm not going to name the name of the school, but I was down in Florida working at camp and I got a phone, two phone calls from, there was two division two schools in Florida with job offers. And then I had the offer with the Mavericks and I was just like, man, I could do the GA, get my free masters, this or that. But I just said like, I'm an MBA kid through and through like, I'm from Western New York. I know there's no team really up there, but, you know, I remember being a Lakers fan growing up and going to Toronto, the Carter, Shaq, Kobe, and it was like, this is ever since then, I just kind of knew the NBA was my path. So when that opportunity came up, I just, I jumped. <laughs> so No, and it's like, it, you know, Catholic college, I was a marketing major and yeah, I didn't have the mat laid out. And I think so many coaches you know, are more on our side that you've got to be a grinder. You made your own mm-hmm. luck. You did. I mean, the Mavericks, the the Hornets, they don't just knock on your door and say, gee, I hope Mitch is outside. I think, yeah. you know, it's a testament. You just have to grind and keep knocking till someone answers. Maybe take me through Charlotte. Like, what did you do? Who was there? What was your day to day? Well, so for the Hornets, I um, I wasn't on the basketball side. So I was actually in the front office. I was doing the, the ticket sales. So um, I didn't really have the interactions, the coaching interactions there. Uh, but that also kind of sparked my interest with getting into that side. <laughs> um, I mean, even just being down by the court and, you know, just talking to the coaches or these guys that are just walking by and just being around those people. Um, 
you know, and Jeff, you know, he was the one who helped me get down there actually, because coach Clifford was an assistant of his. And when Jeff came and announced one of the games, he called me down and it was just like, introduced me to coach Clifford. And it was just like, just a really good opportunity to, you know, it was my first job out of college. I mean, it was, it was the thing I'm just trying to figure it out. And um, it kind of helped me gain some clarity what I wanted to do. And that's kind of why I took that, that camp journey. I was like, okay, I'm a year removed out of college now. Now I got to really figure out like how, what's my in? Like I had a couple GA offers right out of college, local, a couple of division three, division two things, whatever. And uh, you know, I kind of just pushed that to the side, but yeah, anyways, that's after, after my time with the Hornets, that's when my coaching, you know, I guess, quote unquote, career really started. Mitch, you, t- you talked about traveling out to the summer league. And, and I know a lot of young coaches, for a lot of people, that is the place to network. That is the place to really go out and build those relationships if you're wanting to get to the pro level, either here in the U.S. or even overseas as well. Talk about some lessons that you've learned from it, maybe some do's or don'ts. For especially for those young coaches out there who are those grinders who are, who are willing to put the work in, but you know, not sure what's the approach. How do I do this? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I was fortunate that I was actually able to go with the Mavericks to summer league. So I was with the team a lot of the time, and I had the credentials and whatnot, which definitely made my time easier than people who are just trying to figure it out. So, for those who don't know about NBA summer league, there's pretty much bleachers where only coaches and the personnel for the teams can sit. So having those credentials, you can kind of sit close to a group and just kind of strike up conversations about the game or whatever may happen. But that's not necessarily the case (laughs) with most people. So from I was out there for 11 days, one year, and it was definitely a learning experience. Um, There's so many people out there trying to, to network and just, hand out business cards and this and that. And, you know, there's so many different approaches. Like you can really take the approach of going up to every single person and just shooting your shot. I don't think that's effective at all. I think the whole month uh, prior to summer league is really important. I think that's where you, you set the meeting. Hey, you know, summer league schedule comes out, the Rockets play the jazz on Tuesday at 4 PM. Okay. Well, who can I, sit with the first half for that game and the second half with that game. It's like kind of schedule, you know, 10, 12 meetings of the people that you really want to, you know, further a relationship with people you want to strike a conversation with and whatever happens from that happens. They'll usually introduce you to somebody else. Those people are all out there in the network. You say, Hey, let's catch the game tonight. And like, that's, that was kind of my approach was anytime that I wasn't with the Mavericks, and we kind of knew when the games were, so I could schedule it out a little bit. I was like, okay, every day, my goal was to have five things, meetings, lunch, dinner, whatever it was set up and, and then go from there. So over my span of 11 days, I mean, I was hoping for roughly 50. Um, But yeah, I think that would be my biggest point of advice would be set it up before Um, you're going to have to put the face on and shake hands and smile and do this. Don't waste your time with a lot of conversations that, you know, there's so many people, Hey, I'm a, and it's kind of contradictory because I'm a division three kid and whatever. But like, if there's someone who's a first year out of college volunteer at some division three school, who's like kind of a fanboy about it. Don't, 
make make a phone call after summer league. You don't have to sit with an hour and waste your hour in the lobby when like associate with the people you want to be around in your future. Not saying that person's a bad person, but that person can can take a phone call in a week. You know, that was that's kind of my roundabout answer <laughs> to that. No, that's a no, that's a great answer because I think you said something I think is really important. It's having a plan, having an intentional plan or Absolutely. you know, having the intentional actions versus trying to throw something on the wall and hope it sticks. So what would you recommend and, in terms of the follow-up? You you talked about the phone call. What are the things can you do to follow up from that to really stay top of mind um and and kind of start to build your your value and, and build yourself in front of that person yeah absolutely and and i think it comes down to just being present and being authentic and i know those words are kind of used and thrown around a lot but just remembering the conversation like jeff i can call you i did not know that you turned down the the offer at north florida and that story but if i reached out to you a year from now and because I'm present in this conversation, I can bring that up and I can be like, hey, hope you haven't needed to change in a parking lot anytime, whatever. And like that little, exactly. And you guys both smirk because it's like, that's it. That's the one thing that's like, oh, wow, this kid gets it. Like this kid, he understands like how to connect with people. It's not just about, you know, the job. It's about, you know, getting to know these people and who they are and, you know, people hear about jobs from friends, not from just random connections. Like you have to build a relationship with them. And I think that really goes with anything, like not just basketball and coaching. <laughs> no, Lason, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, Mitch brought up so many points and, uh, you know, one of the things that it, it sits on my bookshelf, there's a book called never eat alone. Uh, I, I think that. it's for Ozzy. Yep. Yeah. And, I love that. And I've read and that so many it. times. I've read that so many times that the paper cover fell off and the orange cover under it has fingerprint prints on it. You that's must my... look at my copy. It, it, and it's yeah. funny when I would when I would go recruiting and uh, Bobby Kremens, old New York guy. I'm in Charleston, you know. And when you're recruiting, you go in the night before, and you know you've seen every law and order possible. So. I used to always try to go to someone's practice. I'm recruiting a gal. Uh, I think she ended up at Duke. Um, but I had been there. I'm staying downtown Charleston. And so I call uh, College of Charleston. And Kremens is a New Yorker. So I've got my plan on how I'm going to connect if I can get in. And his dobo was, I think, his nephew. And I said, hey, are you guys working out? And men's coaches, to me, are always willing to share. They always let me come in to work out. And uh, he goes, yeah, Jeff, you're more than welcome. Coach is on the road. He'll be back tomorrow. But we're working out at 6 a.m. I'm like, great. I have nothing to do. And uh, so I'm there at 545, have my coffee. Bobby Kremens walks in, stretching with his team. He comes over. And in my mind, I'm going to start talking about New York City Catholic High School. I'm going to make Bobby and I, we got something to connect on. So he comes over, kind of looks at me. Someone's here at 545 and we connect and I throw out my New York. I'm a New Yorker. You're a New Yorker. And somehow we breeze past it. And he's, we got to somehow my parents. And I said something about, yeah, my mom came from Ireland. I never knew. Bobby's both parents came from Ireland. So after Jeff, come on up to the office 
And he and I became great friends anytime I was in town. And it, and there was a job opening and he tried it, went a different direction. But so much of never eat alone is, is right in that. And, you know, to piggyback, and I'm sure if I ask Mitch, I'm going to put him on the spot, Lisa. We said we wouldn't, but I'm going to put him on the spot. Go for it. Mitch, you know, the marketing, the marketing term, your elevator speech, right? You walk in the elevator. What's your elevator speech? And for those that don't oh. know, it's you walk in an elevator and there's Lacey Perkins. You have literally less than 30 seconds to make an impression. What would be your elevator speech for a coach that you wanted to meet? So I would probably, since I'm a basketball head, um, I would probably bring up a game that that they have had in the past at some point. I mean, hopefully that would work with the coaches that you're talking about. I mean, just for, that's a tough question. You did put me on the spot there. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Florida state basketball fan. Always have been born and raised, uh, have some family ties down there. So, you know, Leonard Hamilton is, is my guy. Like I absolutely love watching Florida state basketball. Um, so just kind of like if I were to like walk into his office, which I have gotten the opportunity to do before, you just got to keep it light. You just got to make the guy laugh. How that is, I don't I don't necessarily have that answer off the top of my head. Um, but like I said, if it was about Florida State, I would probably, you know, joke about like getting I, I don't even know, having kids that were under recruited or something like that, or like, you're, you can't even, you're not a good recruiter. You can't get these good kids. And obviously they're all all stars at that point, but you know, you just got to like make the guy laugh without insulting him. Um, and again, I think that's a case by case. I don't necessarily have that pitch on top of my head. <laughs> I'd say yeah. right now, probably you could say you're, Hey, how's it feel to be the most popular team on campus right now? <laughs> because <Yeah>. football isn't <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Don't even get started on that. You know, if I walked into an elevator, you know, let's say Coach K, I had never met him. In my mind, I'm following Mitch. I'm bringing up something general. And I'm going to, and again, it's maybe a recruiting thing that Coach Jeff Osterman, I just wanted to introduce myself. And, you know, I really love what you do defensively with your man-to-man -man concepts. Yeah. I just wanted to appreciate that you guys, that I could tell you that. Now, I'm not one to give him a business card then. I'm going to save that, and I'm going to mail him, as soon as I get off the elevator, a business yeah. card saying, Coach, we met on the elevator, da da da, da and I want to follow yeah. up. And yeah, I think hand. so much of it, and it's recruiting, like there was the old coach at Charlotte named Ed Baldwin, and he would tell me, he says, Coach, I'm the king of the bump. Like if I wanted to recruit Lason's son and I saw Lason go to concessions, I would happen to go to concessions. And as soon as he turned <laughs> bump around, into him. Whoop, bump into him. You know, and, and my two cents was I'd have my cell phone. While he didn't see me, I'd be like, hey, Mitch, yeah, I'm stuck in this gym here. I can't wait. I've watched all these bad kids. I'm waiting for this Perkins kid to get on the court, you know, literally so he could hear me. But I have a plan, just like you alluded to. Yeah. You have to have a plan for those moments, for those things. You know, like in recruiting, I wanted to know the name of your dog because the next time I call Mitch, hey, Mitch, is that, uh, you know, is that Rover I hear? You know, and yeah. it's it's really tying it all in. And I think yeah. you touched on so many things about 
your summer league. Yeah, you can't go out there and just go to the clubs and this and that. Do that on another time. But if it's your goal and your dream, you got to have a plan. And, and yeah. you can make it seem authentic that if I'm in Vegas and I can't sit in Layson's section, but I see Layson go to the concessions or the men's room or wherever, I'm going to be right in that hallway and have my elevator speech ready. I'll have blank note cards so I can fill it out, leave it at his hotel, whatever it is. But uh, enough about that. Coach, take yeah. me through the Mavericks. You know, I'm a Cuban fan, you know, but take me through the Mavericks, what you did and, and some of your interactions. Yeah. And first off, um, you know, you touched on Cuban and he growing up, I mean, Shark Tank's my favorite show. It still is, always has been. Like, it's just, that's who I am. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was really excited for the opportunity, even just to be around him and the culture that he brings and he builds, um, you know, and just to give him a little shout out and I won't go too far into it, but, you know, before games in the, in the AAC, he would shoot on the court and, you know, I would just go rebound for him. I'd just be like, screw it. When am I ever going to get the opportunity to ever, you know, rebound or even be close to this guy ever again, probably, unless I, you know, were to get a job. And, uh, just every day she comes up, shakes my hand. Hey, Mitch, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Goes to the photographer. Hey, you know, Adam, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And they just go person to person. He knew everybody by name, always like eye contact, like handshake. And it was just like, you know, people always say that stuff is important, but it's like, wow, this guy has built an aura around him just because of how serious he takes that. So I just want to give Mark a little shout out on that. Um, but yeah, my time with the Mavericks was was really special. Um, you know, like I touched on, I was I was a player development intern, so a lot of what we did was just help out with all the different workouts and uh, basically scout team. So, you know, a lot of the time we'd you know put in dummy other teams' plays and play a little defense on them. A lot of the guys who weren't getting a lot of minutes, we would you know play three on three with them after and you know do all the the live game stuff. Uh, people rehabbing from injuries, you know, we'd be kind of going up and down the court with them, just really whatever the player development staff needed. And so my boss was Mike Procopio and uh, God Sham God was was uh, the player development coach. Peter Patton was the shooting coach. And, you know, we just had a really good group of guys who allowed us to just soak up all their knowledge. And I really would say, like, it's just like learning by association. It was learning by just being there. And, you know, asking questions to different people just all day, you just gain so much knowledge so quickly because, I mean, let's be real. If you're a player development coach for an NBA team, you're debatably, if there's three on a staff, you're in the top 90 player development coaches in the country, world. I mean, 90 of the top couple hundred at least, like, you're up there. So, I mean, just the wealth of knowledge, um, you know, you get from talking to those guys. So, yeah, and then I spent a lot of the time up uh, with the Texas Legends, just kind of helping out, doing similar things, just being a being a body in practice, and you know helping out with their open tryouts and whatever they really needed. So, yeah, you know, one of the things again, you bring up so many hot touch that are just spot on. If Mark Cuban <laughs> can do it, so can everyone else. If you can, you know, remember, and to me. Everyone says it, but the maintenance people, the janitors, those are the people 
that that I cared about that I would know their families and know things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the other thing is, I think again, you just had a chance, but you were so honest. You weren't like, hey, you know, I was breaking down this guy defending, and you know, we had we had a, a video position open at one of our places. And uh, someone had come, he was like a student intern manager at the University of Florida. And, and Billy was there and Shiat was the X and O doing all the scouts. And he talked about how he created and worked on the scouts and this and that. You know, and as soon as I read it, I'm like, Larry Shiat no would roll over if he ever, he might have typed the scouts. But, yeah. And, and, and he <laughs> ended up getting... He got and knowing, the job. And Coach Shiat, yeah, he he probably did just type the scouts. Right, right. I think I we mean, should get Coach Shiat on to confirm that. I, I'm going to reach out to him tomorrow and ask him. You know, and, oh, and and we ended up giving him the job, and he and I became good friends. And I said, I'm going to give you free advice. I said, uh, don't probably embellish things. Like everyone fudges a little, yeah. But you can't say you did the scouts at University of Florida. Your staff was. Billy Donovan, Shyatt, I think they like, had Preston then. And yeah, Preston, I was just yeah. like, but you're just authentic. Uh, it, it was good. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing with, with me is I, uh, you know, kind of as a player and then going forward, I really just built this almost like layer of confidence. Like, I don't really care if you don't think that I'm educated in basketball. <laughs> like, I know it's important to like, to portray that you are in to whatever, but like, I'm not going to lie about who I am. Like I'm a division three kid. Guess what? 99% of people don't respect that. That's great. But if we were to get on a court, like I'm, I'm going to outwork, like I'm going to be the one that's sweatier than the player. Like that's, and again, I've been on another podcast before and like talking about branding and how I was like, that was my brand as a, as a trainer when I was working out with kids and high school kids, it's like, that's your brand is like, who, what you bring to the table, it doesn't have to be your, your piece of paper, the resume. Like if I can go and make an impact at university of Florida and actually help coach Shiat with a scout, like great, but I'm not good. I would never, you know, and again, it's harmless that that kid did it. Didn't mean to, but like, that's not what it's about. It's about like, what can I bring to the table? That's different. Like no one that knows basketball like you said, is going to think that that manager was helping with the scouts with that staff in 2008 in a championship team. Just, it's just not happening. Mitch, you, you brought up a name earlier. Uh, in, in fact, I was, uh, I, I saw something today from him and that's uh, Mike Procopio. Uh, yeah. Incredible teacher, incredible person. Talk about just being with him. Obviously, the fact that he had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with Kobe. I'm sure there was a lot of stories and things that he shared with the, with the Mavericks players based on his relationship with Kobe. Talk about that, but then also talk a little bit about the lead, you know, your work with the legends. Uh, who was the head coach when you were there with the, with the, with the, with the legends? Uh, Bob McKinnon was there. Okay. So no, I, I'm here in chapel, you know, in, in North Carolina, I know coach Mack have, have had he conversations with them. And then someone else that I just, I have so much love and respect for is Dell Harris with, with yeah. the legends as well. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll start with Pro, and he, uh, I, I really liked Pro. He's he is a really educated guy. He knows his thing, and you know he's straight to the point, and I love that. He's he's a funny guy. He's from Boston. He's a bullshitter, all that stuff. Great, but like 
genuinely deep down, like he knows what he's doing and he has his way. And, you know, the one thing that I kind of took away from him uh, specifically was dominate simple. And, you know, I know that's kind of his slogan for his hoop consultants, but, you know, he, he broke down and we were just having like a film session or kind of just a, a teaching, you know, session. And he said, you know, think about this 450 guys in the NBA. Okay. How many of those guys get 10 shots a game? Well, if you think about that, you're like probably, I don't know, a hundred, maybe I can't remember the exact number of it, but let's say there's a hundred. Okay. Well then you get the Luca, James Harden, Dame, LeBron, whatever. Like those guys are outliers. So let's say there's 30 of them, you know? So how are those other guys getting 10 shots a game? Well, probably six of those are spot up threes. Probably at least one or two of those are straight line drives. So it's like, okay, so eight out of your 10 shots are very simple shots. Like don't travel when you do a straight line drive, like have good footwork getting to the corner when Luca passes you the ball. Like that stuff is so critical to, you know, being an effective player. Like no one needs, I mean, I guess like the creativity and doing all this like Instagram trainer stuff is fine for some people. It works. It gets kids like engaged, but like, that's not what, what the NBA is. You can have all that, but when you go to the NBA and you're not, you know, one of these top guys, you're not Cade Cunningham or whatever, like you have to sit in a corner and shoot threes, like, and not saying that's all it is. And like, but you have to defend, you have to straight line drive. You have to be a great cutter. And those are things that he, he kind of just brought to the table that, you know, I knew it was important, but you know, when you break it down and you, you see video of it and you're like, this is what Paul Pierce did and Paul Pierce being excellent cutter. It's like never in a million years without watching that film, would I have known that Paul Pierce was a good cutter. <laughs> like, it's just one of those things. And, you know, I, again, I could talk about, you know, everything that pro taught me along the way. And those guys have taught me just fortunate to be there and fortunate to soak up a few of those things and be able to bring that on going forward. No, that's good. No. And, and you're right. I mean, it's just, uh, I, I, you know, that, and that whole discussion of, of these, uh, you know, these uh, trainers and their Instagram and their social media, that's, that's a whole nother topic on another day for us. Cause I, I could, I could, uh, I could kill my soapbox on that one. Um, <laughs> Co Co Coach Mac, Dale Harris, uh, was uh, Taroba uh, on the? He was not there yet. Okay, he was not there yet. So, talk yeah. a little bit about Coach Mack and and, and Dell Harris. Yeah, so I didn't get that much time to uh, to interact with Dell. Um, I met him a few times in passing, and I would go to games. He was there and whatnot. Um, got the chance to spend a lot of time with with Coach Mack, and you know the thing I loved about him is he's just an old school, just you know. Notre Dame, Chapel Hill, 1980s guy. Like he's just a hard nose. Like he's loud. He's to the point. And it, it's just like kind of that old school where nowadays, like the NBA is perceived as kind of soft and this and that. And it was just really refreshing. <laughs> um, you know, and he's just the ultimate, like he's the ultimate team player. He did exactly what the Mavs wanted to do. And, you know, he helped, you know, these guys get better, put them in opportunities to, to really educate the guys what it takes to get to the NBA, not just score 20 points in the G League. Like, let's be real. If there's 100 shots in the G League and even me plays 30 minutes a game, 
the chances are you're going to get a couple layups or a couple open shots just because there's so many shots. <laughs> so it's like, you know, helping these kids realize that scoring 10 points in a G league isn't really the <laughs> do all end all. Like you have to make an impact and like only one G league player might get the shot to join the team. It's like, and how, I don't want to say perfect, but how consistently, you know, above the pack you have to be to really make an impact on the floor in the NBA. It's a whole different game, but yeah, I know coach Mack is uh, again, just another just basketball mind that was just really excellent to be around and just see how he runs things and delegates to his staff, lets his staff kind of, you know, go out there and get the chance to learn and grow too. Um, it's just really special to be around. You know, Mitch, you, you brought up branding and, uh, and again, it's a marketing thing, and uh, I ended up doing talks on it. But I think whoever you are, if it's pro, if it's Donnie Nelson, Carlisle, whatever, what is your brand? Like, what do you stand for? You have to have a certain skill you bring to the table. You can't be great at everything. Um, and Kate Cunningham, Lace and Pride of Montverde Academy, the two-time national champions. Um, but, uh, Mitch, maybe take me through – what player impressed you most that had a weakness, worked on it, and really transformed it into something positive, say, on the Mavs? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know, and I'm going to go back to – I'll relay an example um, in a second, but I'm going to go back to kind of one thing that Pro really focused on. Um, he would always say anybody can be, you know, James Harden's trainer. You know, you throw a ball out to him and he's just going to be great. <laughs> like he's gotten to the point where it, he's just so excellent. But like, how do you make the eighth man, the 10th man on the roster, the sixth man? Or how do you make the that 12th player a rotational second unit guy? Like that's really what player development is to its core. Um, so just I would say Maxi Kleber with just his shooting. Uh, I got to spend a lot of time with him just – just improving his shooting and Peter Patton, who was our shooting coach, just an excellent job of just building relationships with the guys and, you know, getting to know them, getting to know when their highs and their lows and be able to, to consistently kind of bring the energy and bump them up. Uh, it was one thing that, you know, I, it really impressed me about Peter, but, and Maxi, Maxi is just one of those guys. He's, he's so competitive and he just perseveres and, You've seen that from his first career in the or uh, first year in the NBA. I think he was like 28%. Next year he was 30. He's at 34 now. And, you know, he signed the contract. So he's like getting better and better every single year. And it's kind of a testament to him. But, you know, it was really special to be around him and, and all the guys. I mean, there's there's so many examples. Um, you know, one guy that I really just enjoyed watching was Harrison Barnes uh, when he was there for the first half of that season guys the guy's a robot he's a machine and he is he was literally it was jam guy he would do you know 50 mid-range 53s go to the next spot 50 mid-range and he would just do it you know twice a day 700 makes whatever it was i mean it was just like just an absolute machine and it showed <laughs> like he's definitely one of those guys that worked his way to be where he is it's funny. I'm sure on resumes, James Harden has had 10,000 different oh, yeah. basketball. Everybody who's rebounded 
for somebody is, yeah, yep. I'm, I'm a workout guy. I work with Harden. No, you rebounded the ball and you passed it to him, mm-hmm. you know, and you said, good job. You know, but I think the points you bring for high school assistant coaches, college assistant, you know, whatever chance you get, it's easy to work with the superstar because their shots go in. It's easy to rebound. But if you can work with six, seven, eight and get them better at a certain skill for whatever team that is, that's invaluable. That's where yeah. your staff makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. You know what? And and again, work with the freshman who's the red shirt or kids on the bench because eventually they're going to need it. But everyone wants to work out, you know, with Kobe. What yeah. about if Kobe gets hurt? Do you have that next guy ready? Yeah. And and, and the one thing, like, you know, everybody wants to work out with rookie Luca. He's, you know, averaging 25 and whatever. And I get it. I totally get it. But, you know, I just took it to heart. Like, that's not what's going to help me learn and get a job. It's not it. I mean, I was always consistently with guys on the roster eight through 15. Like that's just what I enjoyed because they were the ones that if I could have an impact with them, even if it was playing hard defense or push them around or whatever it was, that might get that guy a three year, $10 million contract that changes his life forever. You know, like the, the difference between me and another six foot five guy guarding Luca probably isn't going to tra- change the trajectory of his career too much <laughs> unless a, one of the other guys hurt him and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. And if it's college, it's the same thing. It's getting some of those other people ready. And mm-hmm. uh, all right, so we're going from the NBA uh, to coach Jack in Buffalo. What's that like? You know, and, and Layson, Buffalo whooped our tail. They hung a hundred on the South Florida Bulls in Tallahassee. And the thing about yeah. coach Jack, <laughs> her point guards too short. The the shooting guards too chubby. The post player is a triple transfer, but they loved her. And boy, they took the challenge of, Oh, you're a mid, you're a big time school. And they beat us. And the next night they beat Florida state. Beat Florida but state. what was that transition like for you going yeah. from <laughs> pro to um, women's basketball? It's funny, and you just literally just make me smile about Coach Jack because she is just the best. She's just the best. She is funny. She is awesome. Um, but yeah, going from from the Mavs to I remember my my very first day. I actually showed up a day early because they were practicing um, or whatever last day of summer workouts or whatever it was. And you know, I was fortunate because I actually know Sue and Brooke over at Florida State. So I got the chance to, my parents lived in Tallahassee. So I would go to a few of their practices over the summer and I kind of, you know, got a feel for what women's basketball really was like. Um, So, but when I went to, I mean, let's be real. I walked into the arena at Florida State and then I walked into University of Buffalo and it was a shock. I was like, oh wow, this is different. This is absolutely like much different. Like you said, like the, the eye test might not necessarily, you know, be the, what they go for. <laughs> um, but really those, those players, and I, I loved my time there. I mean, those players just bought into what coach Jack said. And if he didn't, you know, we'd find a way for you to figure it out. <laughs> um, I mean, coach Jack, she is, I mean, I could talk days about her, but she is like the most passionate, most energetic you know, coach, I've, I've ever been around on any level. I mean, she loves 
basketball more than anybody that I've ever met. And it really just shows like when she has a player buy into what her defense and what she does, um, it, it's just, it's magic. It's like, you never would have expected that person to get 12 rebounds, but somehow she has 12 rebounds and four points and she's a starter for a couple of weeks. Like it was just amazing that what she could do with, you know, her system um, and putting people in the right places. And again, it was, it was a big shock, but you know, I was really fortunate to, uh, I learned a lot about myself and a lot about basketball during that time there. Um, you know, for me, when I was, you know, transitioning out of university of Buffalo, I, for personal reasons, I just, I couldn't be in Western New York. Um, and I kind of realized that coaching doesn't have to be necessarily on a basketball court. And that kind of takes me to where I am now. Um, you know, I coach people in marketing and how to improve their businesses. I, I coach people daily. I, I still keep in contact with all the managers and all these players that I used to talk to. And they'll text me and be like, Hey, how'd you get this job? Or how'd you do this? And I'm mentoring these people still to this day. So that's what I love to do. And I just realized that, you know, missing three Christmases and missing a couple Thanksgivings in a row and not seeing family, like that was something that I needed to, you know, kind of step away from. But yeah, I mean, again, sorry to kind of go off track, but, you know, University of Buffalo was amazing. The transition was hard, but, you know, in the end, it was really rewarding because, you know, as you know, those players love you. Like when, when something happens or say something were to happen to a family member, this and that, like they care, like guys typically don't care. <laughs> it's just natural. So it was a really special year and, uh, you know, something I won't forget or take for granted at all. You mentioned a book earlier, Keith Ferrazzi, uh, Never Eat Alone. What, what other books do you recommend or do you share as far as recommendations made with clients or friends uh, besides your podcast? What other podcasts do you like that's really helpful to you? Because uh, I, I think all three of us would be in agreement is that you have to be proactive in not only building your brand, but maintaining your brand. And so yep. give us some thoughts on that and, and, and just kind of take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. So my biggest thing is I, I understand why people like, you know, fiction books or this or that, but if I'm going to, if I'm going to spend my time reading, I, I want to grow from it. So a lot of the stuff that I listen to read, whatever it is, like, you know, as much as I love the NBA or this or sports, and I'm a huge Bills fan. Like I don't listen to, you know, talk radio about sports. I listen to my Mavericks podcast because I know the guys and I'm friends. They're great. But, you know, everything I do is to grow. So um, one podcast I listen to short 20 minute episodes, um, it's called the Mindset Mentor. And it's just 20 minute things. It says, hey, you know, how to be more effective then how to be you know, a better communicator, whatever it is, just little 20 minute. And it's usually just the one guy, Rob Dial, and he just talks and it's just really informative. It's, you know, if you're ever in a car driving to work for 20 minutes, like you pop it on and, you know, you just get something out of it. And I have a lot of pages and pages of notes from that podcast. It's, it's insane. Um, but yeah, and then books, I listen to a lot of books. Again, I, I think, you know, driving is the perfect time. If you're ever in a car for more than you know, five minutes, just pop an audiobook on, listen to a chapter. Um, and I would say the 
the book that's had the most impact on me is Atomic Habits. And, you know, and I'm sure that's a really popular book. And just the being a Division three baseball player and going through a, a life-changing injury, and then he goes and and just creates habits. <laughs> and it's really all he did. And then he wrote a book about it. He said, this is how I became this. And the t- thing that I really, you know, embrace is, you know, kind of designing your environment. Well, your habits to eat chips is going to affect you losing weight. Well, don't have it in your house. <laughs> like don't have chips in your house. You'll eat it less. And like, it's things that are so simple like that. But, you know, when you really take the time to invest in some of these books and actually apply it um, and take action to it, I mean, I, that's, that's key. So, um, you know, another book is the captain's class and, you know, that is a, that's an all timer. <laughs> that's just an excellent book talking about, you know, the, whatever it was, it was the 12 best teams ever based off of certain criteria, the best dynasties. And they talked about the captains of each of those teams. So, you know, some of them were like the 60 Celtics with Bill Russell. And then some of them was about um, the New Zealand rugby team and just how like there are different types of captains in different sports and different ways. Well, Bill Russell might not have been the guy diving on the floor, getting cut up, but like that might be the guy who everybody rallies around in a rugby team. You know, that guy who's just going crazy and broken leg and he's out there playing like that might motivate someone in rugby in a different way than Bill Russell would in the NBA. So kind of just seeing the leadership styles from, from some of the best dynasties and and franchises ever is incredible. Um, Yeah. I think those are kind of the, the main three that I draw off of. Um, And again, like anything that has to do with mindset and, you know, continuing to just get better, whether it's, you know, getting rid of anxiety, getting rid of this, like all things that will attribute to just authentically growing <laughs> and being a better person and coach and everything. You know, speaking of mindset, I I, I, I want to make sure that we mentioned we lost a, a great one recently in Trevor Mowad uh, in, in terms of just his his message, you know, and, and the influence he had in not only just with you know, athletes of all levels, high school, college, pro, um, you know, he's going to, I think he's going to be sadly missed. I, I know, you know, loved his book, loved his content, looking, looking forward to the new book coming out, you know, that was, I think was ready to go. But um, yeah, just, a, a, you know, again, that, like you said, that mindset, something you just can't, you can't just relax on something you got to maintain and be vigilant about. Okay. You talked about Shark Tank. What's the, what's the biggest lesson you learned from Shark Tank? Oh man, be prepared. Be, just be prepared. And that's kind of how, you know, in circling way back to the beginning, but, you know, when I'm making these meetings with people, like be prepared for any comeback that they have, know where they've worked, know where they've, you know, gone to school, there is a connection and kind of like that, you know, the sixth degree of, you know, networking or whatever, through six handshakes, you always circle back, like, there's something and typically it's probably within two or three, like, if you're in the basketball world or something like that. So, you know, just kind of doing the work and be prepared. Like those sharks know money better than those business owners. It's just true. It's, I mean, in 99.9% of the, I haven't seen a case that someone was more financially literate than those guys. So when they ask you a question about your money and your budget, you better know, like you better be prepared. Um, And again, like there's so many things that are valuable, just the importance of 
effectively communicating, just knowing what your own brand is, people just not contradicting themselves. There's so many lessons from it, but yeah, be prepared is definitely my top one from that show. Last one. And I know Jeff's got some, got a couple of things to close with, but tell us about your company. Tell us about what you're doing for athletes, entrepreneurs, anyone that's either, you know, that's looking to, to really, you know, build their business, to build their brand, to really get their message out to people. Tell us about what you can do for them. Yeah. So at our core, uh, sports entrepreneur is a marketing agency. That's at our core. That's what we do. Um, we do content marketing. So, I mean, we help athletes, businesses, whatever you might, you know, be a part of, take your, take your, your normal bio, your, Hey, I want, I'm Mitch. I went to Nazareth college and I did this and this and bring it to life and take your business and really, really take it to the next step. Um, you know, marketing is a, is a funny thing. It's always changing. It's a giant, it's always evolving, but it's like, we have just spent time helping people with their NIL stuff. We've spent time, you know, people, their own content strategy behind the content. And I think that's the one thing that's key is building strategy. Um, you know, people can say, Oh yeah, just post more. It'll gain traction. You'll do this. So you have to be strategic about what you post. Like everything that I post on LinkedIn, because I'm really active on LinkedIn, everything is there to bring value to the people who are in my network. And it's all there to, to give something, give the people a place to go to like, oh, wow, he really posts some good stuff. Like, wait, I want to learn about what he does or, oh, he does websites or he starts podcasts for people. Like, oh, let's get to know him more. So again, like we, we kind of help tell people stories and through content um, and whatever that means. I mean, we've done, like I said, we've done websites, we've done their blogs, we've done podcasting, we've done, you know, consulting just with businesses to kind of help develop their marketing strategies. Um, so a lot of things that have to deal with, you know, basketball and sports kind of overlap with, with marketing. It's, you know, when you're doing a marketing plan, you have to persevere. Well, guess what? A lot of athletes have to persevere in their career through an injury, through this, through that. And there's a lot of ways that you can relate to these people. And it's like working with ex-athletes or ex-coaches or this and that to create a website for their consulting business. Well, guess what? I can talk to you guys about the importance of, you know, doing your homework or doing this stuff and you'll understand that. So that's kind of where our niche with, with athletes has really uh, been a power, powerful thing for us. Mitch, I mean, I uh, when I was coaching, I had a friend who was a marketing person and I started CoachOsterman.com and it added value because of basketball plays. It added fun. But I would suggest for any coach, high school coach, college coach, college assistant trying to move up, you know, to call you, to get with you. And, you know, you you just touched on so many things. Branding is so important. And, and the difference between me, you, and Layson for a job could just be one thing. And if you have an expert like you putting your best foot forward, it's definitely going to help. And, you know, so. Yeah. And that's the thing. And sorry to cut you off. And no, like, no, that's, that's the thing is like, you know, being someone who has gone to all these camps and has scraped my way to 
get one-year contracts with a couple NBA teams and to do these things and take low-paying jobs and kind of travel across the country. Like, I understand what coaches go through. Like, I, I know it's a political business, but, like, there are going to be managers at, you know, X university that just get jobs because Coach K is their coach. <laughs> like, that, that will happen. And, you, that, you know, that's going to be – it's so normal in college basketball and the NBA. It's it's That's like a whole podcast series. But, um, you know, it's one of those things, like, I've been through the ups and downs. Like, I took the leap of working in the NBA to go back to Buffalo, New York and work in women's basketball. Like, taking that jump – takes balls. <laughs> it does. And now I'm not saying it just cause it's me. It's like, I was, you know, there's the stigma with, with men's coaches that, you know, that, you know, going to one side or going back to the other side, it's hard or that people think this or that, but like, you just have to, you just have to be all in. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Layson, Buffalo, New York. It's not hell, but you can see it from campus. It's not fun. <laughs> but I will say, you know, Duff's wings, Lace and you and I could put on a clinic with some of uh, Duff's was my favorite place up there for wings. And uh, Mitch, this has been great. So what we've started on our website, it's the fifthquarter.com. We're starting to add favorites and final fours just of different things. So, Tell us your favorite app on your phone. Oh, wow. My favorite app. Um, wow, that's tough. I would <laughs> – this is going to – I would say Spotify. I would okay. say Spotify. You know, I, have a couple other, I have a couple other answers. I'm like LinkedIn. I don't know if that's my favorite, but it's like the one that I – value the most <laughs> no Layson went with food truck finder i went with a sports app with odds and scores and and then because uh, we just started it here's yeah. the second one we I just would, posted yeah i would also my my second answer would be uh my golf handicap tracking app there that's you a go. good one that's that's and i've recently like gotten one. back into that so that's a that's one i enjoy <laughs> maybe I, I don't enjoy it but <laughs> The other one is you're coming in from the bullpen, bottom of the ninth. What is your song that you're coming into? Oh man, ah uh, oh, man, that's a whole different vibe than basketball. So it's yeah, whole, I'll give you mine. And Lisa can yeah, give yeah, you. Yeah, go through a few. Mine is Twisted Sister. We're <laughs> not going to take it because I think yeah. the place would go rocking, hot dogs and beer flying. I come in from the bullpen, Layson. Uh, mine is born on the bayou because I'm from Louisiana. Now, the only problem with that was that, you know, they used it in the water boy with him riding on the uh, on the uh, mower. So it, it could be kind of taken the wrong way. So, yeah, just say it. But, hey, you know, there's there's been some good Louisiana pitchers. I'll say that. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a that's a funny question. I would probably say. Uh, my my gut reaction is don't stop me now by Queen. There you go. Nice. That's my gut, like baseball song. I don't know like if that's it. the right answer. That's my current answer. <laughs> that's great. Mitch, is, this has been so much fun. It's It's been basketball. It's been real life. You're just so genuine. I think people should just get in touch with you to build their brand. If it's coaching, if it's business, uh, it's just been a lot of fun tonight, Layson. 
Absolutely, Mitch, real quick. Um, where can we find information? Where, where can folks find you? Yeah, so you can just check me out on LinkedIn, just Mitch Ford. Uh, it's under Mitch Ford Coaching, I believe. Uh, that's where I'm really active. My Instagram is underscore M Ford nine underscore. Uh, again, it's just type in Mitch Ford. And then you can go check us out at sportsypreneur.com. Uh, yeah, those are definitely good ways to get in contact with me. And I've kind of made a promise that anybody who reaches out to me, I always respond and I'll always take phone call. That's kind of something that's been really important to me over my coaching journey. I suggest that no matter, you know, what level the person is talking, it could be someone who's a manager at some school you've never even heard of take phone call and you know, it's one more fan you have. It's one more connection you have and you never know. So uh, feel free to reach out to me anytime I'm, I'm an open book and I will share any knowledge that I do have. That's great. And Hey, special shout out to all those managers out there. That's where I got my start. So, yep. you know, special, special love for them. And, 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 you know, know that's completely changed since the days that, you know, I was doing it, but Hey, it's still hard work, but it, it can open doors if you do it the right way. So, Hey, coaches, again, thank you so much for being a part of this episode of the fifth quarter, Conversations Beyond X and O's, and we'll connect with you again soon.